morning. The uh, reading this morning is from Acts 16, verses 22 to 31. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safe with them. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Malcolm. Praise the Lord. Well, we do have these booklets for you, Foundations for a Strong Faith. And I highly encourage you to to use them and to take notes. As you can see, I take notes in different colors. Um, It helps me distinguish what sections is what section. Um, But just to... And and it's also using notes for preaching for later on. Also also helpful. Um, We wanted to just um, wrap up or to... How do you say that word? Sum up. Last last week's um, sermon because it's so important to know why we fight this defeated foe. And that's what we are, this chapter we're talking about, how to fight a defeated foe. And it really just stuck in my heart of why we do what we do. And just to reiterate what Pastor Grant said last week, what is it that we're battling? He said, Satan is trying to minimize the effect of the kingdom of God in your life and to minimize your effect of bringing the kingdom of God in others' lives. So that's why we do what we do. And the things we're learning today, I encourage you to open your heart and to say and to believe what God has said about us, that we have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand, because there's going to be light and revelation for you where you're at right now. In Jesus' name, I believe that. Amen. Thank you, Chloe. Praise God. We've got open hearts. Say, my heart is open. Hallelujah. And we believe in God to speak to us because we can get head knowledge, but heart knowledge comes through the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're talking about how to fight a defeated foe, and um, I'm guessing that uh, Paul and Silas uh, were not having their best day that day in the Bible reading. And the main point which I want to cover today is that uh, when fighting a defeated foe, we get to choose the ground or the arena in which we fight and the weapons with which we fight. Uh, It's our choice. The whole language, a lot of the language that um, Paul's using here is language of gladiators and language of the the battle and the arena and and, uh, and different weapons that they used at the time. But one of the words you use for for battle was a word when it it derives from the arena in which the, uh, uh, the gladiators would fight and the different sort of fights in which they occurred. 
and there was a, 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 the different types of battles which went on there. And uh, some battles had certain weapons and other battles had other sorts of weapons. Uh, but the teaching really which I want to uh, drive home today is that because Satan uh, is uh, already defeated and the battle has already been won, we who are on the victor's side get to choose the ground in which we're going to fight and the weapons with which we fight. We'll talk more about that. Um, years ago, or well, 2001, in the federal election 2001, the Australian federal election, uh, those of you who were born then uh, would remember, or were voting, would remember it was a time in Australia's history when we were really, we were being, um, it was almost invaded, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but the tens of thousands of, um, of uh, refugees and um, I'm really going to try and stay apolitical. Is that all right? Yeah. Uh, tens of thousands of refugees and, and uh, seeking a better life for themselves, we can understand that, uh, were uh, um, arriving by boat in the northern uh, part of Australia and of course of our generous laws and generous protection that we have for immigrants and refugees in Australia. Once they let, put their foot on the shore, all sorts of laws uh, covered them and they could stay here for years and there'd be government money and people for them to just to keep going through the courts for years and years. And there was a great tension in the community as to, um, because Australia actually is a wonderful country for accepting immigrants and accepting re refugees. Regularly we have the largest number of refugee intake per head of population of any nation in the world, regularly. Yes, it's true. But, um, there was a lot of conflict because because there's a lot of goodwill and we feel a lot. But then again, at the same time, a lot of these refugees were not so much political refugees, but they had gone through, you know, the two continents, 15 nations and saved up and invested $30,000 to catch the boat to come over to land in the Northern Territory. So John Howard stood up in the election. You remember Prime Minister John Howard? Yeah. Yeah. And he stood up during the election and he said this. He said, we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. And who remembers that? Yeah. 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 And uh, that statement, if you remember, just reverbed throughout the press. And at the first instance, they jacked up about it, but there was a truth there. He was saying, this is our country. We will decide who comes and the terms and conditions in which they come. And that flipped uh, the election at that time, if you recall. Interestingly, although there was such a, an uproar about that statement, I guess some statements, when they're true, they just start to settle on you. Do you know what I mean? You start to think, well, hang on, this is our country. Perhaps we should decide who comes and the terms and conditions in which they come. And uh, that statement now has become a part of political folklore and even the head of the UN, and not the UN, but uh, European Union just quoted that the other day and it's been quoted by some English um, politicians as well recently. The fact of the matter is, if we do not know that we have authority and we do not know how to use that authority, the effect is as though we don't have that authority. Yeah. 
And so if you have a prime minister who doesn't know that he's responsible for the borders or how to protect those borders, uh, then the effect is there's no protection of those borders. And so spiritually, uh, we can have authority. We can have, uh, and, and, but, uh, but if we don't know that we have it, or don't know how to use it, we're still going to get run over by the devil. And while he's doing it, he's going to whisper in your ear and say, this is God's will for you. This is what God's hands for you. Because it's what he wants, because it's happening. I don't know why God's taking me through this. You get run over by the devil. And we see, I told you uh, last week about a, a story, Luke and I, my son and I, were in a shopping centre down Aldi, down in Caloundra, a couple of weeks ago now, and there was a lady with her daughter, and the daughter wanted one, I think they had, it might have been a Halloween dress-up or some sort of thing that she wanted to buy, and uh, the, uh, the checkout line was here, and then the mother had cleaned her off to one side of the checkout line over there while they debated about whether she, she would buy uh, this uh, dress-up item for her. And uh, so we noticed on the way in like that, and then Luke and I went around and did our shopping, and every time we'd come back to the aisle, the debate was continuing. So we'd, we'd get a you know, little glimpse of this debate. And uh, I really felt, I kind of felt sorry for the mother on one hand, but with the other hand, I wanted to slap her. <laughs> because it's like saying, who's the mother? You're the mother. <laughs> Child, mother, and uh, we were wondering, and we didn't talk much about it. But I said to Luke, you know, I think probably what I'd do is I'd say, yes, you can have it, you can have it when you can pay for it. <laughs> you know, kids wanted to know, and uh, kids are growing up, mum and dad, when are we able to have mobile phones? You can have mobile phones whenever you like, whenever you can pay for it. <laughs> when can we have a car? You, when I stop, you have a car whenever you want, as long as you're paying for it. But the thing is, you see, we have authority. If we don't know when and how to use it, we might as well not use it. We might as well not have it. Uh, I, you know, so I think, you know what I do? I'd probably just, I'm not going to argue. Why, why are you? I was gonna, I would just walk through the till and then I'd just, just tell the, the teller, you know, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't run that through, you know. There's got to be strategies for it. I, for years ago, I was uh, I worked as an IT, who I was responsible for information technology and communications at a large college, and, and uh, the whole internet thing was just starting to come out. And we were, every child in, in the school had to have a computer, you know that, and it just started to create nightmares at home, and. And we had a school counsellor, lovely lady, but she said, Grant, I need to see you. She said, I've got <laughs> she said, I've got a problem with my son using the internet, staying up all night and using the internet. And uh, I can remember conversation something like this and just saying, But you're the mother, aren't you? And she said, Yes, but I tell him and he doesn't do it. I said, but you know where the router is, don't you? She said, yes. I said, you know where the power switch is, don't you? She said, yes. So she went back, she just turned it off, you know, at the right time. And she said, but he gets up in the middle of the night and he turns it back on again. And so I said, well, take it. I said, you're the mother. <laughs> and you're like, we, the amount of parents 
that you have, and you know, those of us that have had rambunctious kids, you know, like mine. Uh, it's a joke, my kids are almost perfect. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, I, 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 we have empathy with you because we know there's times. But sometimes you just got to wake up and you go, you know, I'm the dad here. I'm the mother here, you know. And so we developed a strategy. You, know, you, you kind of think how childish this is to have to develop a strategy to turn the internet off. I said, why don't you take it? She said, yeah, I can do that. I can do that, can't I? I said, yeah, you're the mother. You can actually take the router. So what she did is that she took it and she hid it under a bed. She turned it off and hid it under a bed, right under a bed. And she came back, you know, the next day she was like, because she'd stand and she'd taken her authority as a mother and taken the router. And a couple of days later, she said, Grant, I need to talk to you. What? I said, what's up? He said, well, I woke up in the middle of the night and there he was, crawling under my bed. <laughs> However, with authority that God has given us, God gives us very clear instructions, the arena in which we want to fight in and the weapons with which we fight. We're going to talk about that just for a little bit today. Um, when we talk a lot about these weapons, don't get carried away, especially with Ephesians, with you know, what's the helmet, what's the breastplate, what's the shield. I think there's three different uh, versions of that uh, in the Bible. The fact of the matter, they all refer to key beliefs of the gospel where to have, which we can use as weapons. But um, I, I look at what was happening with Paul and Silas here, and they were there preaching the gospel. And uh, if, you, if you're familiar with the account in Acts chapter 16, he's preaching the gospel and there's a, a, a young girl there with a spirit of divination. So she, she could foretell what was going to happen. And in the spiritual realm, um, there is that element there's, that uh, sometimes spirits will give people, speak people about those sorts of things. I don't want you to get hung on it. But she... She had this spirit of divination and uh, she was following around Paul and Silas, the Bible says, for days uh, and declaring things about them for days. And Paul got so frustrated that he turned and rebuked her and cast out the demon. All right. Um, I find it interesting that um, they were in a spiritual battle. Uh, they were in the flesh with regards to their inner body, they're walking to that town, they're speaking things, they're doing things in the natural. But while all that was going on, there is a spiritual battle going on around them. And the Bible says that we we, we wrestle against spiritual darkness. All right? We'll talk more about that. We don't have the choice. I had this. I had this dream that I love, and uh, I was watching the Wallabies. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I was watching them, and they they ran out. They got so many injuries. They they, they ran out of reserves, and the coach recognised me <laughs> up, in the, up in the grandstand, you know. And he said, "Grant, would you like to play?" And so I, I thought, 
I might as well just give it my best shot. He's obviously heard about my rugby career. <laughs> and so I went down and from memory, so I think I sort of ran on the wing. It just sort of tucked out of the way, you know. And I think all I've got to do is just stand here, you know, and I've got, I'm Wallaby number 256. <laughs> but the point is, in that dream, I had an invite. We don't get an invite into this battle. We're in it. Like it or not. And uh, how, how proactive we decide to be will be a, a large determiner of the success or life that we have, like Chloe reminded us. But Satan's goal is to reduce the effect of the kingdom of light in your life and to reduce your effectiveness for the kingdom of God. And so Paul and Silas are in prison uh, and uh, they didn't get to choose that. All right. They were put into prison and, and it was a very natural condition. Well, part of what, you know, how I said, we get to choose the arena in which we fight. Because Satan will want to get you looking at your circumstances. He'll want to get you looking at what people have said to you. Mm. Or your bank balance. Or your health. Yes. Or, you know, one of the, uh, uh, you know, a condemnation. He'll get you looking at these things. And that's the arena he wants to fight you in. So-and-so has said something that has hurt you and let me down. And he'll want to fight you in that arena. Or, um, or fear. Oh, yeah. Fear of missing out or fear of what's going to happen or fear of the money not being there. And he's got you in that arena and that's where he wants to fight you because that's natural. That's the fleshly arena. And 2 Corinthians 10 says, although we walk in the flesh, we are not to fight in the flesh. So although we walk and though these things come against us in the natural world, as we walk around, we, we, the God of that world will put these things, you know, the majority of them are just our... The majority of the trouble we have is just putting down our own flesh. Now, let's be honest. The biggest battle, we're not talking about the biggest battle is putting down your own flesh. All right. Uh, but he'll want to keep us in that arena, which means he'll want to keep you hurt. And he'll want to keep you thinking about all the money that that person ripped off you. Because when he's got you in there, that's his arena and he can slap you around. But remember, we're fighting a defeated foe and we get to choose the arena in which we fight. What do I mean by that? I mean, there's a fleshly world, there's a carnal world, which is based on your emotions, your fears, your bank balance, the things that we're not to fight that arena. We're to fight in the spiritual arena. We're to fight in like... The list of verses. Have you got those memorized? You didn't. I saw the list. But then whole, I think you need to send them all out. But that's the arena that we're to fight in that spiritual arena because you know that spiritual truth is true no matter what the world says. And so the apostle Paul and Silas were in prison. 
And that was, <laughs> although this is what he wrote about, you know, the flesh. He said, although we walk in the flesh. And he was there and he was chained. And uh, to fight in the flesh, he could probably try and talk to the guard and say, I really don't deserve to be here. I, I really, I, you know, she was, she was uh, trying to argue his way out, you know, that's fighting in the flesh. You know, she was, do, do you understand that, that we've got a ministry here, we're respected in every other town, you know, and they show me respect. And this girl was just going, blah, 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 and all I did was cast the devil out of her. That's all I did. <laughs> you know, he could have I tried to argue his way out in the flesh, you know. We've got a, um, a little, um, <laughs> a little rental room underneath the studio, which we're, we're renting out, and I was interviewing the, the tenants, and one of them came and started to talk to me about, um, you know, all the astro travel and all these spiritual things that, that they do, you know. And, uh, and I thought, well, I don't know. Maybe not. You know, I said to Lynn later, I said, I, I, you know, if we if we said yes to her, I, I know people are going, why, why would you say yes to that? Well, you got to understand this. It would ruin her spiritual experience living in our house. <laughs> because she crossed that bloodline, you know, that just wouldn't work. <laughs> we haven't been able to astro travel lately, you know. So that didn't cut it out. That, that, that's, you, can, you might think you're astro travel, but you're not going to do it in five Shearwater Crescent Aruna. Because there's a bloodline there, you understand. Uh, but the fact that she smokes, that's what did it. Because <laughs> that wafting out there. <laughs> the spiritual stuff we can find in, but that carnal cigarette smoke. And, and you know, listen, if you smoke, you know condemnation. You, you smoke, you understand you're not going to hell. You understand that? Yeah. You smell like you've been there. <laughs> <laughs> So nevertheless, we get to choose the arena. So we get to choose, are we going to fight this in the natural or we're going to fight this in the spiritual? The arena that we choose to fight this battle. I've developed a little saying the last couple of months. And it might surprise you, but every now and again, I just get a little bit carnal. What? Do you see what? God bless you, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, Chloe would have said that, but she knows me too well. <laughs> Linda just sits there and nods. And nods. But what, every now and again, you know, and sort of, you know, you, you know, sometimes you, 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 your words slip and your emotions start and just get that little sort of negative bent. Now, you're all looking at me like it doesn't happen to you. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the natural arena, you understand. When you worry about, you know, one of the hardest things about being pastoring is you get hurt by people you loved. And, and, and uh, to take offense, and for anyone to take offense is natural. So every now and again, you, I know you're sitting there thinking, oh, you can't remember this, but every now and again, so I developed this, it just drops and my words go a little bit negative and then I finally stop myself and I go, but, and I look at Linda, but I'm a spiritual man. <laughs> it's just a little saying, I'm a spiritual man. And I kind of love the juxtaposition by how carnal I had been and what had been coming out of my mouth and the fear and the hurt and the whatever and the frustration that had been coming out, it's not that bad. I pump that. I exaggerate these things. Sorry, darling. <laughs> Normally she says, yes, you're exaggerating. No, she doesn't. But, but I, it's funny, I've found when I've said to her, I just go, 
However, but you know I'm a spiritual man. And it just throws a switch in my own mind and my own heart. Just start looking at myself as a spiritual man. And what I'm saying really is I, these things have been getting me down. And you know, they're real, they're, they're occurrences, you know, but they're not realer than who we are in Christ. And they're not realer than the blood of Jesus. And so when you say, but I'm a spiritual man, I find that just flips the switch in me and I kind of just laugh a bit. I laugh and, and Linda laughs at me. Nevertheless, <laughs> it just changes in the end to realize uh, because I'm fighting a defeated foe, I get to choose the arena in which I fight. And I'm going to choose the arena in which Satan has already had his butt whipped. Slapped up the side of the head, Colossians says, made an open show of him publicly, and that's the spiritual arena. And I'm going to choose to fight this thing in the spiritual arena. Now, our natural mind and our natural heart will want to manipulate. It'll want to uh, just build ourselves up in comparison to other people. It'll want to be hurt. We love to stew in being hurt. You know, because hurt, you might get some pity. You know, and and you know, you say, well, what about this? And you think, you know, and the pity sorts of feeds it. But, but that's the natural realm, and that's where Satan wants you. Right. Mm. We can choose not to be hurt. Yes. Yeah. We can choose to walk in love. We can choose the other day, there were some people that had hurt me. And I've been brewing on it for days, and I knelt down to pray for prayers in the morning. I'm going to pray for them. So I prayed for them. And I'd like to say it felt good, and it, but it kind of did. Uh, it, because I, I took it out of the natural realm and I said, I'm going to fight this in the spiritual realm. So Paul and Silas are in jail and it's not looking good. <laughs> it's not looking good for them. But the Bible says, what did they do? It says they prayed and they sung praises. Now, I want to tell you, uh, it's, you can't sing your way or praise your way out of situations. Right? Just listen. But if what you're doing is in a response to what you believe, then you're in faith. And then that prayer and that praise is valid. Because Satan can sit there and watch you go, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God and he'll just let you do it. But when you know in whom you have believed, and when you know that he is able, I'd like to have heard that prayer. Wouldn't you have liked to have heard the sort of prayer that break, breaks chains open? I would have liked to have heard it. And I can almost, I almost guarantee, though I would like to ask, but did it say, if it be your will? Did it say, what well, I mean, you might want me here. You might want me this. I don't know that it did. I think it said something like, 
I know your call upon your life. I know I'm doing your will. I know what you have for me. Therefore, you shall deliver me. Psalm 91. I shall deliver them. And I'm kind of thinking he got Psalm 91. I'm kind of thinking he started to pray Psalm 91. And started to say, though though thousand fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, only a spectator shall I be. Because in the spiritual realm, in the natural realm, he was bound. And, and, and he could have fought it. He could have tugged those things. He could have played. But he said, I'm going to fight this in the spiritual realm. I know whom, whom I believe. And I know he's a. And they prayed that prayer. And then it says, and they sung praises. Wow, what a joyful. <laughs> and I said, the, the other prisoners must have thought they were crazy. And Christians, Christians will think you're crazy sometimes. But sing praises. Sing those praises. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6 when he talked about the things to believe, righteousness and, and using your faith and all those things. He said, then having to done all to stand, to stand. And, and, and in a sense what that means, um, it means you set your ground like this and you put, you put the gospel of peace on your shoes and their shoes had the, those Roman shoes had little hobnails underneath them. Uh, right, so they'll leather sandals and they had little metal nails so that they could stand their ground. And the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand. So that means that the Apostle Paul is lying on his back with chains in a darkest, uh, dampest, stinkiness, urine, rats, infested things, but on the inside, he's standing. On the inside, he's saying, haven't done all to stand now, I'm standing. And, you know, we can be facing all circumstances. We can be flat on that. We can knock down, but we're going to, on the inside, I'm going to stand. And we stand and we look over the devil and he's defeated, right? And we'll stand over him and use spiritual weapons to speak. And it means to stand. He starts to lift his ugly head. You're right. Starts to raise up and come back at you, but what about it? And you know, you're actually literally doing this in your mind. You're actually literally doing this in your mind. I want to um, do a little experiment with you. I'm going to ask you to think a thought and then to say something out loud. All right? Uh, I'm going to trust that we've got some brilliant mathematicians here. So I want you to start counting from 20 backwards in your mind. You're going to do that? Let's start now. I'm going to say 29. I'll give you a bit of help, Chrissy. 20, 19. So you're backwards. That goes you're saying it in your mind? Tell me your name out loud. Fine. No, no, good enough. Count backwards in your mind. Go on, start for 20. Tell me your name out loud. Sylvia. What happens when you spoke your name? You stop counting. The Bible says we get to choose not only the realm that we fight in, but we get to choose the weapons with which which we fight. And the word of God in your mouth, there's a lot of different weapons, but in particular, the word of God in your mouth is a weapon. And where to speak it, where to say it, where to address it, where to address those fears, where to find scriptures, where to believe scriptures, where to choose 
the we choose the ground on which we fight and the weapons with which we fight. And he'll want to make you, you know, you say, well, I'm going to fight this in the spiritual realm. And so Satan will go, well, that's good. You fight this in the spiritual realm. Go on a 30-day fast and see how many thousands of people you can get to pray, pray with you. And but the last thing, because he'll think, but really all that's doing is carnality. The last thing Satan's going to ever tell you to do is find the scripture. <laughs> you won't say, all right, well, why don't you find the scripture which applies to that and believe it and speak it? He's not going to tell you that. That, by the way, is your spirit or the Holy Spirit. Mm. All right? Because we fight a defeated foe, we get to determine the arena in which we fight and the weapons with which we fight. And we're talking more about those weapons later, the name of Jesus and all those sorts of things. I'm going to end on this illustration because it's just a beautiful illustration in John chapter 11. We have the, and you can you can turn there. We have the um, the death of Lazarus. I've already talked about. Uh, so obviously, uh, Paul and Silas, when they were under persecution chose the arena in which they were to fight and the weapons with which they were to fight. And Paul chose to believe something and Silas chose to believe something different to what their circumstances were. Is that true? Hello? Yes. You're allowed to answer. Isn't it apparent that although his circumstances looked terrible, he was choosing to believe something different to what he saw. He was choosing to believe something different. And so he's, he said, I'm going to choose the arena in which I fight. And I'm going to choose my weapons with which I fight. So the arena was going to be in the area of his beliefs. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. The battle is over your beliefs, folks. It's not an arm wrestle. Well, it's not your spirituality versus the devil's spirit. It's your beliefs. And we know that because Paul said, we, he said, this battle, we're tearing down strongholds which are speculations and thoughts that do not come from God. That's what the battle is. All right? That's the battle. Keep your finger in John chapter 11. You give, can you give me another couple of minutes? Is that all right? Yes. Anyone say no? Penny, I thought you said no. <laughs> turn to, uh, just turn to 2 Timothy. I want to show you something. It was Chloe, was it? She said, wrap it up, Pastor Grant. You only gave me 30 seconds for the offering. <laughs> Uh, 2 Timothy. Does anyone know where it is? Just after 1 Timothy? You'll love it when I feed you a line like that. All right. 2 Timothy. And uh, he's addressing, uh, 2 Timothy is addressing the fears and the uh, obstacles that... Um, uh, Timothy has been facing and he, he's actually in prison in Rome under great persecution and he's addressing Timothy and he says that God has not given us a spirit of fear 
but of love and a sound mind. And here he says in 2 Timothy verse 23, he says, um, so 2 Timothy 2, 23, doing good guys. He says, refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. So he's addressing Timothy on how to address um, disagreements in the church. Uh, people that wanted to argue over doctrine and beliefs and different things. He says a Lord's servant, servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. And this is what I want you to see. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of truth. Repentance leading to the knowledge of truth. So that means there were things they believed which weren't true. Um. I was talking to someone else the other day about um, and they've had a terrible situation with homelessness and jobs and all this sort of stuff and, and I was saying, I, you know, I don't know why God's taken me through this and why God wants me to have this and, and I'm thinking, you, you don't have a knowledge of the truth. He says here, um, if perhaps... God would grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to the senses, to their senses, and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Just note this. The knowledge of the truth when you repent and believe on it, frees you from the snare of the devil with which he held you captive. Come on, sports fans. The battle is over your beliefs. What you... Uh, beliefs that you've formed about God and about who you are. And he's going to, the Bible says he's a liar. He's, he, the Satan's going to try and tell you otherwise about that. But we are righteousness. We are loved. And it's those truths that release us from the snare of the devil. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. The proclamation of the gospel. There's, there's spiritual strongholds around. That, you know, I have no doubt there's, you know, there's like this whole new agey thing about around the Sunshine Coast. Has anyone noticed that? Right? Well, you know, the answer to that is the proclamation of the gospel. You want to know God? We can, you can worship the universe, but I can show you the God who made the universe. Yeah. Amen? Amen. All right? And, and, and it's the proclamation, and it's the proclamation of those things over your life, over your life, that are the weapons which we use. So Jesus 
is uh, in John chapter 11. He, he's up north and he hears message that Lazarus is sick. All right. And there's obviously uh, the message has come that it's a sickness that could well kill him. Now, that's that's the natural thing that's happening, you understand. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, this sickness will not end in death. But for the glory of God, the ending is that he'll live. And you know the story, and he, he waits a few days and he goes down. I can only assume the Holy Spirit said, wait a couple of days. And he goes down and uh, Lazarus has been dead three days. And when you read this, take it home and read it. You see this account where Jesus is walking in the flesh, but not of the flesh. Because he's moved and he, the Bible says he wept. You know, the shortest verse, he wept. And he's moved by the circumstances. In that, he's, when I say he's moved by the circumstances, he sees the sorrow and he weeps and he cries with them. And yet he is a spiritual man. And he decides, I'm going, to, I'm going to determine the arena in which this battle is fought and the weapons with which we fight this battle. And so he starts to build faith. He says to Mary or Martha, he says, you know, I told you that if, you'd, if you believe in me, you'd see the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And he, he gets taken, he gets taken to the tomb and he says, open, open the, open the tomb. And they say, but master, he smells. He's been dead three days, he's going to smell. I want you to, just to notice in here, he has two weapons that he uses. One, a prayer of thanksgiving. He prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. And notice he prayed a prayer of thanksgiving before Lazarus was raised from the dead. Have you noticed that? Why? Why? Faith. Yeah, thank you. Because he knew what was about to happen. And his prayer was... Father, I thank you that you have heard or that you hear me. But he's praying it out loud, he says, so that they will know. And so he prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. Do you know it's spiritual warfare to thank God before you see it? To thank him. In every situation, the Bible says, give thanks for this is the will of God. So I thank you for my children. I thank you that they love the Lord and they serve him willingly. I thank you, Lord, for the financial provision. I don't see it, but I thank you for it because I know you're able. So he used that spiritual weapon. He chose the terms, the arena which was going to be fought in and the terms with which he was fighting. And the second thing he did, he used his mouth. And I challenge you this week to use your mouth to speak the word of God. I challenge you. To speak the word of God. Let's start from the presumption that you believe it. Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start from that and I believe it. Well, speak it. Yeah. 
But I don't feel like it. Well, that's the devil's arena. You don't want to deal in the devil's arena. You want to deal in God's arena. You want to stand there, having done all to stand, and lift up that mighty sword, the word of God, and speak it. Speak it. Say, I'm victorious in Christ. I have the health of God from the tip of my head to the bottom of my toe. You can say it like this. I have the health of God from... It doesn't matter if you're limping. Say it. Say it. I've thought about limping once at a church service and someone had a word of God that there's someone here with a sort of... They said it was a prophecy. I don't know if I should say it now. I was just wrapping up. Nevertheless, most of my musicians, get up here. <laughs> they said, they said there's, there's someone here that's got a sore toe and there's someone here with hemorrhoids. <laughs> and I, tur- I turned to the person, Cole, who's actually on the board. I turned to him and I said, I, I, I'm thinking of going forward, but if I do, I'm going forward like this. <laughs> How do I get to that? Yes. So speak God's word in spite of the circumstances. Because yeah. right. they're, they're greater. Yeah. And he is greater. Yeah. And having done all to stand, we stand. Yeah. We choose the arena in which we fight opposition and the weapons with which we fight them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we having done all to stand, we stand. Yeah. And I'm sure Paul and Silas, those rats were running over them while they were praising God and praying. And it just takes time sometimes for natural circumstances to turn. But we're not dependent upon that. We're dependent on the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor.